And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and today my special guest host is my movie deja vu co-host and all-around awesome individual, Shady! That was so nice! (laughs) Shady, how are you? I'm good, that was such a nice thing to say! Yay! <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy that you decided not to have bad blood about me venturing off into this separate oh. land. No, no, no. I'm really excited about this. Like, I, I'm really excited to have you doing a podcast that I don't feel awkward <laughs> listening to because I'm half of it. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Shady is all... Uh, edits the majority of our episodes on movie deja vu so she <laughs> she gets to hear herself back over and over well, again <laughs> i get to live in immense regret and then like contemplate for hours of every week if i should just text john and tell him we're not publishing this episode because <laughs> i sound stupid you never sound stupid i always sound stupid <laughs> no no, no, no. At least at least in today's episodes, these are names I can pronounce. There we go. Yes. For those of you who haven't looked at the title of today's episode, we are going to be covering the Scrubs episode called My Musical. It's season six, episode six, and it per- originally premiered on January 18th, 2007. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. We were, I watched this in a dorm room. I was like making ramen and watching this on a tiny little TV. I definitely watched this in a dorm room, not live, but I remember Uh watching this in a dorm room. Uh, Oh, no, this show was very important to me and my roommate in college. We watched it all the time. Oh, so this uh, that's why I'm so excited you're doing this episode. And I really wanted this to be the one that I was on because I I, I have a very warm place in my heart for the show Scrubs and especially this episode. Well, you know what? Let me get a little all this backgroundy stuff out of the way, and then we'll talk more okay. about Scrubs. Um, this episode is written by Deborah Fordham. Uh, lyrics are credited to Deborah Ford- Fordham, Robert Lopez, Jeff Marks, and Paul F. Perry. And music uh, is credited to Robert Lopez, Jeff Marks, Paul F. Perry, and Jan Stevens. Episode is directed by Will McKenzie. An IMDb summary about it is a patient hears singing from everyone, turning Sacred Heart into a musical extravaganza. Meanwhile, Elliot determines whether or not JD should move in with her, and Carla determines whether or not she should go back to work. All that does happen. Yeah, um, but I the, did- Elliot, the Elliot line is a little, little different than what actually happens in the show, but... Well, Yeah. Because she, she already has her mind made up that she doesn't want JD living with her. Her dilemma is having to tell him. Yes, it is. Um, I didn't rewatch this ep- rewatch like the series, mm. the season before doing this episode. I just rewatched this episode because I do remember being it it being 
a self-contained one mm-hmm. with all these different storylines that are going on. How do you feel about this one episode? Do you? Um, I think for the most part, this episode stands on its own really well. Um, obviously, the the point of view character in this one very which is a big departure for how Scrubs usually went. It was usually JD or occasionally a different staff member from the main cast whose point of view you're in for the episode. This one, it's from the point of view of one of the patients uh, who's a one-off character. So I think that helps a lot in making it a one-off episode. I think the only storyline that doesn't fully make sense isolated is the JD and Elliot um, storyline. I mean, it does because she, I felt like it did because she talked about how she bought this house and she's going to move there and she doesn't say about like bringing him along at all. Right. I I think, I guess more than anything, just that you don't have that setup of they are currently rooming together, but they are not currently dating at this point. Ah, there's the rub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think, you know, that's the slightest thing that doesn't really maybe fully make sense, but you could still catch on quickly enough just watching this episode. And that's also the C story, and it is a really small C story. Yeah, because the B story, would you call that uh, Carla going back to work? Yeah, I would say Stephanie DeBruzzo's character is the A story, and then Carla and Turk is the B, JD and Elliot is the C. You were a little bit talking about your time with Scrubs. Mm-hmm. How did, did you watch it live or did you like? Yeah, well, my roommate and I, I think it was on Thursdays at the time. I think it was part of NBC's Thursday night comedy block. Um, at this time, it hadn't moved to ABC yet. So every Thursday night we would watch this and then, you know, Thursdays in college afterwards, you go, you go to a party somewhere, but like we would watch Scrubs live while we were pre-gaming. What? We're good Christian women. We never <laughs> drink. Under the age of 21, I would never. <laughs> well, in this episode, there are 10 original songs, which is a, is a lot if you think about it. Yeah, I didn't keep time of anything, but I feel like the majority of this episode is music. Like, I think there's more time spent in the musical numbers than in the just the regular speaking scenes. And it also, while rewatching it, it felt like a lot happening, but it was cohesive. And mm-hmm. I was surprised that 20 something minutes later, it's over. Yeah. You know, they, they start with that song, All Right, and then they just never stop. Yeah. So we're not going to break down the episode there are millions of other podcasts and articles online dedicated to that. We're just going to talk about our feelings about it. So you watched this back in 2007, and then obviously you rewatched it a couple days ago in preparation for this episode. Has anything changed over that time? Like, do you still, is this still like one of your favorite episodes? Do you hate it now? I'm going to be totally honest. Scrubs is one of those shows because it meant so much to me at the time it aired, but also because that was a different time just on a sociological level. Mm, But also I was so young and didn't understand a lot of things about the world that shows like this that were so dear to me back then, I'm a little hesitant to revisit 
because I don't like being reminded that, oh, they made a lot of jokes about stuff that, oh, you know, I yeah. feel like shouldn't be funny anymore. Um, so I was a little nervous about that. The two big ones in this episode are obviously Guy Love, which is no homo, the song. Right. <laughs> which. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I still think is really, really funny, but I also kind of feel I have, I'm more complex. I have more complex feelings about the whole JD Turk bromance in general and how no homo it was all the time. Yeah, especially the lyrics, where if you actually listen to it, um, it's mostly Turk has the no homo lyrics. Yeah, but they still, like, in unison, they sing there's nothing gay about it in our eyes. Mm, That's true, they do say that. But, Um, like, you know, especially when JD says, uh, you're the only man who's been inside of me, I, yes, it's a joke, but then Turk has the, has, like, that big no no homo moment where it was like, whoa, whoa, I did surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which did happen on the show. Right, yes. But... This episode not only does it contain storylines from season six, it mm-hmm. makes references from all episodes or majority, yeah. like a like going back to the first episode in the rant song, uh, the janitor mentions the penny, which right. that's like the running joke, I think, throughout... If memory serves throughout the series. Yeah, the janitor hates JD because on his first day, JD jammed a penny into a door that jammed it shut and it ruined the janitor's day. So he <laughs> has hated JD ever since. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and Neil Flynn is so fucking funny. He might have my favorite performance in this particular episode just because that's really the only moment he gets. And it's so good. It's true. But like you see him in the background of the yeah. group songs. But yeah, yeah, he's he part has, of the ensemble. He has a literal spotlight on him <laughs> in the rant song. It's great. Which um, is Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna use that to segue into that being the other one I was nervous about how I would feel with 2020 eyes, the rant oh, song. Yes. Just because a major joke. And to be fair, I think the show actually balanced it out in a lot of episodes really well. But another running joke is Dr. Cox constantly emasculating JD and calling him girl names or female names. And he does that a lot in the rant song, which another fun callback. Most of the, I think all of the names he uses in the song are names that he had previously used in the show to refer to JD. I didn't delve that deep into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't going to rewatch the whole thing to like mark off, but I'm pretty sure most of them he'd used before. But that's one of those things that feels a little iffier in 2020 where it's, oh, so the insult is being called a woman and or being misgendered. But if memory serves, not to truly defend it, it doesn't really affect JD Right. No, that's part of the joke is that JD is always unfazed by it. And also, I'm going to say that the show balances that balances that kind of humor out a lot, because before we really had the term toxic masculinity, it's still sort of applied critiques against mass, uh, toxic masculinity 
in regards to Dr. Cox, a lot of episodes, and especially a lot of the more well-remembered episodes are about Dr. Cox learning how to be less or, or learning how to be more, right. Learning how to be more open with his feelings and more empathetic towards other people. So it doesn't always feel like the joke is necessarily that JD is being misgendered, but that the joke is that Dr. Cox thinks that's a good insult when it's not. You know mm. what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, 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 yes. When I read off the names, Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks, if those names sound familiar to you, or if they don't, uh, they are the musical partners behind such hits as The Book of Mormon and Avenue Q. So Robert kind Lopez of... is a double EGOT winner. Oh my God. I didn't go that far. Really? He's got two of each one, at least two of each one. Wow. He was also the youngest person to EGOT and the person to fully EGOT in like the shortest time span or That's something amazing. like that. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these songs, you can kind of under- hear like their humor and then for sure they understand the structure of a stage musical because yeah. um, this, the show, this episode definitely reads like a stage musical where you have, we talked about the rant song. It was the patter song based off, mm-hmm. based off of modern major general. Let's be real here. If you yeah. <laughs> know that one, you're like, oh, I get, I see, I see the same. Yeah. Uh, when the truth comes out is another song that is the act one finale. That is the same as do you hear the people sing from Limiz? <laughs> And then uh, Friends Forever, What's Going to Happen finale is like the act two finale and also the We Go Together song from Greece. But it's also partly based off of um, the life support scenes in Rent. Really? Yeah. If you listen to the end part, the What's Going to Happen, that's very similar to, oh, what's the name of that song in Rent? What's the actual name of the song they sing? Will I? Yes, it's very similar if you listen to them back to back. Oh my God, I have to do that now. And then obviously like the actual lyrical content is similar because both of those songs are about people struggling to confront their own medical dilemmas. So I actually uh, went on a deep dive and looked up the medical jargon from Friends Forever. (laughs) Yes. Because, you know, they, they mentioned things that obviously this show is all about doctors and uh, a comedy about life in a hospital Mm -hmm. where sometimes they get real right and for the record I have I'm not a medical professional myself so I can't speak to the truth of this but I've heard that of all medical shows dramas or comedies whatever this is one of the ones that is definitely credited with being a lot more accurate with the medical um, aspect. Really? <laughs> yeah. They, they, I mean, most shows, I guess, that take place in hospitals probably have a medical advisor um, to help write oh, yeah. the actual screenplays. But this one has been noted as not taking too many liberties. I mean, obviously, there are going to be things here and there that they do that would not happen in real life. So the, like the vena cava and the aorta, which is like is one of the first lines that they mention, they are the largest vein and artery in the body. Mm. And then amoxicillin, amoxicillin and clavonic acid. Um, Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, they are medication used to treat infectious bacteria. Delicious. And then the tibia and fibula are bones on the lo- in the calf part of the leg. 
Mm-hmm. Um, left and right ventricle, they pump bloods to specific parts of the body. Hypodermic needle and a latex tourniquet is used to extract blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know what? I'm not even going to bother with this last one. <laughs> lyrics. Enter lyrics here, future John. Hello, past John. It's pronounced diverticulitis and a barium enema. It's infection or inflam- inflammation in the intestines and how it can be detected hmm. by the barium en- en- enema. So I was, because, you know, because, you know, listening to that song, you're just like, I don't understand a lot of the stuff that they mention. And in uh, talking about this, I was just like, I have to look it up because I don't under, I don't understand yeah. what they're saying. I'm a plebeian and music, music theater nerd. <laughs> so these people, man, they clearly did their homework for, yeah. for this episode. Yeah, no, I I love that joke, especially if you don't know what they're talking about, because you're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, those things are close. (laughs) Sure, everyone knows that those things go together. The vena cava and the aorta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah. I think also I read somewhere, I did look up some trivia on the Scrubs Wiki about this episode, because I was looking actually for information about like who wrote which songs. Okay. But according to that, Take it with a grain of salt. It's the Scrubs fan wiki. So I don't know if people fact check this, but one of the medical advisors was actually the person to suggest doing an entire song about checking stool samples. Oh my God. And that's how we got everything comes down to poo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is great. I love that that is the song that was supposedly suggested by an actual medical professional. But like, it's weird because the human body is weird like that. It so, is. That's, and- that's why he suggested it. He was like, it's amazing what you can find out about a person's health from looking at their poo. We didn't talk about her yet, really. But the patient that this, that is the basis of this episode is played mm-hmm. by Stephanie Diabruzzo. Did I say her last name right? Diabruzzo? Um- I think it's DeBruzzo. Yeah, I think you're good. Great. I mean, she's got like the D apostrophe A and I'm like, oh God. (laughs) But it's still better than the names that I've read on Movie Deja Vu. I'm not going to lie. She is a puppeteer and actress best known for originating the roles of Kate Monster and Lucy the Slut in Avenue Q. And if you look at her credits too, she's actually like also worked for uh, Sesame Street. That's awesome. That's really cool. So she's like a legit puppeteer. And obviously she's good. She's besties with Lopez and Marx. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I stopped watching the show after a while. I think like maybe this was the last season, if not seven was the last season that I watched. Yeah. But she comes back in season eight, reprising her role mm-hmm. in my finale. Have, do, do you yeah. remember that well? Um. Oh, it's been a while since I actually watched it, but they did a whole thing. That was supposed to be the last episode of the show so that was supposed to be the series finale Mm -hmm. and the premise of that episode was it was JD leaving Sacred Heart for a different I can't remember if he was starting a new practice or joining a new practice or if he was going to a different hospital but anyway he was leaving Sacred Heart and part of his fantasy in his finale in his saying goodbye to everybody was that a whole bunch of previous patients and other one-off characters or minor recurring characters were there to say goodbye to him 
Um, but it's part of a fantasy. It's several of the patients who had died were there and things like that. It was oh. basically, yeah. Um, it was very moving because it was sort of a, a, a farewell to the series from a bunch of people who had been a big part of it in some way or another and very memorable one-off characters. And that re- re- refreshed my memory because I went, like I said, I went on the medical journey and deep dive and <laughs> I just forgot a lot about this episode, but Stephanie DeBruzzo's character, she has a brain emb- uh, embolism? Yeah, um, an aneurysm. An aneurysm. Yeah. Wow. Which part of why this episode works so well is that they work really well within that construct and use it in a really creative way while keeping continuity with it. Anytime she's in the scene, it's a song. Anytime they're not singing, she's not there because we're only seeing the musical through her eyes. Which is interesting because there have been other episodes Mm -hmm. that they incorporate music somehow. Those were usually part of JD's fantasies. Well, then you have the Blanks as well. They're the recurring acapella group. They do various jobs throughout the hospital. Not medical related, surprisingly. Yeah, Ted's a lawyer, a malpractice lawyer. Ted's a lawyer and the other three are also in business suits all the time. So it's like, you couldn't have one of them be a surgeon? Anyway, Gonna Miss You Carla features them. So I feel like even if that char- the main, uh, Stephanie DeBruzzo's character wasn't there, they would still sing to her. They could still sing to her in the reality of the show. Would you agree to that? Yeah, they would. The musical format fits this show so well because this show was so already reliant on the fantasy sequences and dipped into a lot of surrealist humor that it doesn't feel like a huge break from reality at all. I just like that that's how they approached this because in addition to having this like very careful continuity throughout the show where they're never singing when they're not around her, I also like that that actually provides the A storyline without having to, how do I want to say this? Like there's no competing fantasies. Because it's all in her head. It's all in her head. Uh, yeah, I was just th- I was just going to talk about that too, where what, like, would you say at least once per episode for the most part, JD has a fantasy or somebody has a fantasy? Oh, JD had fantasies all the time. But that like, was like every the once main... in a while, Turk had a fantasy or Elliot had a fantasy. Yeah, um, there were like certain episodes, most of the episodes, the title convention was my fill in the blank. But there were a few episodes, like there was like a series of episodes that were called His Story or Her Her Story, where the narration duties and therefore the fantasy sequences were transferred to a different member of the main cast. So that happened, that happened a few times in the show. I know there were at least, I want to say six episodes like that. So that's interesting that they call this episode My Musical. Yeah. When he's not the main part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, because she's not a main character and he does do like the opening and closing narration for the, ah, for the episode. Okay. But I, I really appreciate how well most of the songs really forward at least one of the plot threads. They're not just there because, oh, we can insert a song here. They're actually like, no, we're going to tell the story through this song or we're going to reveal a plot point through this song. And I feel like a lot of other sitcoms that do a musical episode, it 
it kind of feels like, oh, we're just throwing in a song here because the cast wants to sing or we think it would be fun or something like that. Yeah, the, this episode does what a musical should or mostly does, which the mm-hmm. songs help propel the uh, story on. You know, mm-hmm. like they, it's not just like, a okay, we're going to stop everything and you're going to sing whatever and we're going to try and make nons- nonsense out of this um i think the only song that really doesn't forward the plot in any way is guy love (laughs) right that's the one that they just halt and they're like we just want to have a funny song (laughs) right and it's also i mean as a fan of the show such a huge part of the show was the bromance between jd and turk and if they didn't have a love ballad between the two of them it would have (laughs) felt it would have felt like they cheated us (laughs) But even like Dr. Cox's rant song does lead to him saying that he's going to or agreeing to give Patty another test. And that's the test that ultimately uh, reveals that she's having this aneurysm. So to totally switch subjects on you. Okay. uh, We talked about uh, we've talked about a movie deja vu how we met. We met at a looking (laughs) at a theater camp for kids Mm -hmm. um, called Stage Door Manor. Did you giggle a lot when JD asks her at the end and he was like, don't let my theater background, yeah. my, my, my theater <laughs> training at a camp. <laughs> yeah. Which one of us was the best, was the best singer. Now don't let the fact that I went to theater camp influence your choice. Which is funny because he actually went to the camp we worked, we worked ah. for. Not when we were there, obviously, but... <laughs> uh one of my roommates there met him one time i think i passed by him once while i was yeah. at, my, at my tenure there but like <laughs> yeah, I no, wa- but- you know obviously in 2007 when this episode came out i didn't know that he was there right. or like when i first watched it i didn't know and now rewatching it for this podcast i was just like oh my god that joke has so many layers <laughs> and I don't know if they did that on purpose or if it was an ad lib. I mean, I'm pretty sure they did because the, uh, yeah. they're geniuses. They are. And they did that a lot where they would add random backstory details to the characters that were just like, oh, well, this happened to the actor. So we're just going <laughs> to like so, there were a lot of jokes about the fact that JD doesn't understand sports and it's because Zach Braff is not a sports fan and like doesn't like he's I, not into it. So they just wrote that into the character. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> clearly, and, um, clearly, we were going to talk sports, yeah. you know, during this episode. Not really. I'm, I'm ready to talk sports. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah, there like there were have been like other you know one off jokes about like oh Elliot's fluent in German. The only reason they wrote that in is because Sarah Chalk happens to be fluent in German. So. I don't doubt for a minute that they threw that joke in there because Zach Braff was like, Hey, I went to theater camp. (laughs) In the Catskills of New York. (laughs) And I don't think that was the first time they referenced JD going to theater camp either. I'm pretty sure there were earlier jokes in the show. Oh, good God. (laughs) But um, now I want you to answer that question. Who do you think had the best voice out of, Besides Stephanie DeBruzzo. Right. Obviously. Because she's a songbird and we love her. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, Judy Reyes is really impressive in this episode, um, singing and dancing. I think Donald Faison has a solid voice. Uh, John C. McGinley has a good voice. Neil Flynn only really got that one moment, but he made the most of it. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be the four of them in like the highest tier. And then and I know I, because I read the trivia, so I know she wouldn't be offended that I say this, but Sarah Chalk is like at the bottom. <laughs> oh, of course. That's, that's where, that's where I was, my mind went. I mean, yeah. she, she has the least amount of song time. Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah. She, she's like admitted that she was like, yeah, no, um, I used to be in choir in middle school and they told me to just lip sync to the songs. Because <laughs> like in Options and When the Truth Comes Out, those are like her moments to shine. And she's just like, ooh, I'm going to like just talk it a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to do a little Rex Harrison, My Fair Lady Talk Sing. <laughs> Could I have the Patter song instead? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then again, because I read the trivia page for this, but there's a reason why John C. McGinley is never seen dancing and they make him jump rope in the Welcome to Sacred Heart number because apparently he can't dance for shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and they were like, well, we need him moving in some way during this number. Let's give him a jump rope. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. But I think singing and dancing combined, Judy Reyes gives the best performance in the in the episode. My opinion is Donald Faison. Okay, I respect that. Not just because we have an affinity for him on our other podcast, but because... <laughs> <laughs> because we're close personal friends with we're, him, obviously. We are besties with him. But like, <laughs> even though his songs are the most problematic ones... Mm. he's singing the shit out of them yeah he is they like even let him have like a little michael jackson moment i was about to talk about that like (laughs) yeah he even has a little his little like kick and a kind of a thing going on (laughs) and um for the last time i'm dominican that number choreography pretty damn banging yeah another fun trivia fact i looked up please judy Judy Reyes had broken her pelvis like right before they filmed this episode, which is why she's sitting down a lot. Yeah. Um, and they decided to hold off filming that number until she was all healed up. And I think they actually filmed it like two months later or something like that. Wow. Because it was a tango and they couldn't have her not tango. So they were like, that's going to be the last thing we do and we're going to do it much later. We're we're going to we're going to let you heal. I thought she broke her foot, mm. but I didn't realize it was her pelvis. Yeah. Obviously, you can tell, especially in uh going to miss, miss you, you Carla. Carla. Yeah. And in a lot of her scenes, uh she's sitting a lot or she's yeah. like standing in one place and not moving. And you can kind of get away with it narratively because she has just given birth. Yes. So you can be like, well, this is a very tired new mom. And she's healing. Yes. (laughs) I will say for the last time I'm Dominican was not as bad as I thought it was going to be going in with 2020 vision. (laughs) It's still like, that's another weird running joke that I don't think has really aged that well. No, which is hasn't. that everybody I mean everybody throughout the entire run of the show is 
pretty racist to Carla in ways that don't always get called out. Um, (laughs) But like, it's weird that it's another running, like a specific running thread that uh, Turk can never remember what her actual ethnicity is, which is weird when it's her wife. But, but then, I think they did a solid job, at least with this song, of folding that into this overall, he is just not a very good listener as a husband. Yeah, because he doesn't know other things about her, right. which I believe were answered in previous episodes. Yeah, Again. Every, yeah everything she asks, um, you know, if you've seen the whole show, you've, you know what the answer is. You know that she grew up in Chicago. She has two sisters. Her mother recently died. Well, recently, meaning a few seasons before this. Right. Yeah. It, recently in the world of this episode. Right. Do you have anything else you want to share about this episode, about your thoughts and feelings? Oh, my thoughts and feelings. Mm. I mean, I, yes, it's for me. Yes, it's problematic. And, but yes, it's also a product of its time. Yeah, it, it's, it, it does, it doesn't mean harm which is not to say that you know there there couldn't be harm that's caused by jokes like that at any given time but um i do think that it's a show that overall was pretty ahead of its time in regards to how it handled a lot of subjects i think uh this show does not get enough credit this show and malcolm in the middle do not get enough credit in general for being like the first two very successful mainstream American sitcoms that were single camera and did not have audience reactions and used a lot of uh, a lot of comedy that was more editing based a lot of quick cuts and things like that which is the style of American sitcoms these days but at the time most sitcoms were using three cameras they were using three walled sets and they had canned laughter or live audiences and I think it's, it's interesting revisiting this show and remembering how different it felt from everything on TV at the time, when now it's just kind of like, well, this is what most TV is now. Yes. I mean, it was a pioneer. Yeah. And, and With- I, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of credit for that. I feel like The Office gets more credit for that, but all The Office really did was popularize the mockumentary format. Without this show, would we have like a 30 Rock? I don't know. Because even just like the pace of the humor is so much quicker in this show than it was in something like, I don't know what was on at the time, Friends? Uh, It was on around Friends, the later seasons, yeah. Yeah, and it just feels like this show had such a distinct style for the time that now, like you said, 30 Rock is like that community is a very similar style Mm. of comedy Mm -hmm. there are a lot of shows now that use a lot of voiceover and like use that as part of the joke i don't think we actually answered this as a musical episode Mm. do you feel like this is out of place no uh do you feel though that it would have been serviced to happen earlier maybe in the series or if it is it at like the right time in the series itself Wait, just going back to the first part of the question. When you say out of place, you mean out of place in the context of the whole show? Of the whole show, yeah. Oh, no. Because I think the show was already so highly stylized that and dipped so much into surreality that it doesn't feel like that big of a leap to just turn all the fantasy sequences into musical numbers. 
I mean, obviously it's, it's in no matter what, but right. like, do you feel like if they were to do it in season four, it would have benefited or hurt? I think it would have been about the same. I, I do, I do remember season six overall being maybe my least favorite season. And Interesting. Yeah. Like it was not a very good season. They used a lot of not so great plot lines, but they had this one really great standout episode. So I think in a lot of ways, it helps that it's in a down season because it gives you at least a reason to rewatch that one versus season four was when the show was like at its peak. So like this, would you say that this was a, an effort to like gain voters it back, uh, voters, gain viewers <laughs> back? From what I read, they had actually been wanting to do a musical episode for a few years at this point. And I think they thought this was going to be their last season. So that's why they were fully like, we're committing to it now. This is our last chance. Wow. This seems like a, a, a running theme with the set with, with the show where they're like, this is the end, right? This yeah. is it. Let's get it in. <laughs> this show is supposed to end at least four different times than it actually did. <laughs> oh my God. I think even like the first season they were like, Oh, we're never getting renewed for a second season. And it was kind of, a miracle that they did <laughs> they just and kept then, getting renewed until they did it <laughs> yeah so I want to say that this was one of the seasons that they thought was going to be the last one and that was like really when they were like well we wanted to do it we just have to do it now because there's it's now or never so I think the threat of cancellation is what motivated it in the first place I think if they were never threatened with cancellation they would have never been like we have to do it and we have to figure it out now you know does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. Is there any anything else you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? Any topics that you want to mention, highlight, anything else from the trivia? I didn't look up trivia and mm. I'm and I'm now kicking myself because I do that. <laughs> we do that right. on on our podcast all the time, but No, I didn't even think I, I like literally looked it up like 20 minutes before we started. <laughs> this chat because I was like oh I do want to just see like the song credits for each song I think the welcome to sacred heart sequence just like the way it's shot and the way it's choreographed is hugely impressive for what is like a really fairly small scale show um who's the what's the name of the character that's now the coroner Doug Doug Doug? yeah I tried to like because he was heavily highlighted in that song Mm-hmm. like uh, it went to him a lot I get I guess I, I get it because a lot of the humor is he has a dead body by him <laughs> but like I tried to look up to see if he was a song and dance man I couldn't find anything mm. like that actor don't yeah. know his name off the top of my head and I feel really bad for not knowing yeah I don't know if he has a background and that's why they kept going to him or if it's just because he was a uh, popular recurring character and he didn't get featured at all in the rest of the show his in name the rest is of that episode his name is johnny castle <laughs> isn't johnny castle <laughs> the character in 30 dancing oh is it oh no I think, I, yeah i think uh i think johnny castle is the name of patrick swayze's character oh my god <laughs> that's funny oh no <laughs> But yeah, I think they just kept going to him because the other, there's not a whole lot for the recurring characters in this episode, but at least the Todd gets a couple lines and Laverne gets a couple lines. 
And she gets a I, she gets a solo moment, and we're gonna miss you, Carla. Yeah, she does. So does the Todd. <laughs> so does the Todd. <laughs> and then, like we said, the janitor gets a solo. Like everyone, everyone gets a solo moment, whether they are main cast, featuring, mm-hmm. or like recurring characters. Right. Yeah, even Dr. Kelso is the one greeting her and singing Welcome to Sacred Heart. Ah, uh, that man. Such a <laughs> weird character, but yeah. he's got he's got some pipes. I would include him on the list as like yeah. top part of the middle. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I guess I, I wasn't thinking about him as much because his big feature is in that song. He doesn't get like a solo song or a duet song at all. Ah, uh. That's true. But, but like yeah, I don't but think he it is, does, he's strong. Yeah. I don't think the episode really calls for it though. If anything, he pro- he could have all he could have been the one doing the rant song in a way. He could have, but it fits Dr. Cox's character better. It's true. Well, I mean like the the whole premise of the rant song where yeah. uh, at first he he says no, something happens and then he says yes to test to test her. Okay, I see what you mean. But like that's really the only way you can write him in to sing yeah. an epi- to sing a, a solo song, but it works better. I, I agree with you. It works better. The rant song itself works better mm-hmm. with Dr. Cox, and they had to put it there so that she gets the MRI CAT scan. Enter terminology here. I would assume it's a CAT scan. It might be an MRI though. Something I should happens. know. My my sister works with MRIs. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have anything else, let's get into a segment that I like to call Sharp and Flat. Sharp Flat. So in this segment, we are going to highlight moments of the episode um, more so. And if we really liked it, it's sharp. But if we didn't really like anything or hated it, it's flat (laughs) haha i'm funny uh shady what is your sharp moment of the episode overall i think the strongest number in a lot of different ways is for the last time i'm dominican not least of which because i said before that that was one that i was like worried that i wasn't gonna like it anymore and then i was like no wait this actually holds up pretty well my sharp moment is the songbird that is stephanie diabruzzo oh (laughs) yeah she's so good she is so good and she the casting choice made sense too she's a broadway star and name and she looks like she would be in this world too it's not like a lot of the ingenue people that you see on broadway right she's a little more of a character yes actress type yes and she makes a lot of sense in this world okay so what was your flat for this oh you go first i gotta think about it mine is turks homophobia and racism (laughs) (laughs) as much as as much as i did actually like the dancing of for the last time in dominican and guy love still holds a little special place in my heart um Watching with 2020 eyes, it's just like we t- we did talk about the uh, hyper masculinity of Dr. Cox, but it's also in Turk as well. It is, yeah. So, but not just like as prominent of a characteristic. 
Right. It does get called out at times with Turk, but with Dr. Cox, they like the show kind of treats him as in the wrong for his attitude towards anything that he would consider a fet. And it doesn't necessarily take his side. It plays it for laughs, definitely, but it doesn't always take his side. It usually comes hard on he's in the wrong and he needs to make a change in himself. And it doesn't always do that as strongly for Turk. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little harder to swallow when it comes to that stuff with Turk. Right. And watching this with present day eyes, <laughs> not two, not 2000 eyes. Right. Present day eyes. I'm just like, ooh. I mean, even still back then, I'm just like, I think I was like, oh, that was a little weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to be fully honest. And back then, I don't think it phased me at all the way it does now. But I'm also a woman. I think the no homo moments are the ones that would have been, that would have hit me, that I would have recognized as like a ooh moment for Turk. Okay. As a flat moment, if you will. Um, (laughs) But like that, and then the running gag of him not knowing where exactly Carla's from is just like, come on. (laughs) Uh, Have Uh, you thought of a flat moment? Oof. I kind of hate saying this because he is such a small part of the episode but you know i told you before we started recording that i watched a few i rewatched a few episodes not just this one Mm -hmm. and i rewatched a few episodes from all different seasons and the todd is a character that really has not aged well at all in a post me too world in a world where i have you know been in the workforce and have seen how workplace harassment can really have a negative effect and really harm people and how easy it is for people to just say oh I was just joking don't take it so seriously and at the time I always thought the Todd was hilarious I thought it was so funny that he was always hitting on people and never successful and now I'm like oh that's not funny that's sexual harassment in the workplace yeah like I, I know it's a joke but actual predators use it's only a joke all the time as a defense so and it's a shame because I actually really like the actor's performance as the Todd and I think like they do some interesting things with the character but it's hard to watch that character in 2020 2021 I don't know what year this is going to be released 21 at some point okay (laughs) it's it's hard to watch back in the 2020s I, I might put that as my flat for this episode as well because I do still really like the episode overall. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yes, it it was hard to actually find a sharp and flat because I'm just like, it's such a good episode. Yeah. Even it, still. Yeah, it uses the music really well. The music's really good. Like you said, Guy Love hasn't aged well at all and there are definitely moments that maybe go, oof, now? But I still sing it in my head anytime I see like two dudes being buddies. Yeah, it's just the it's guy love between, between two, two guys. It's yeah. So good. Yeah, it's <laughs> and and John, you know I love a bromance. Of course you love a bromance. But speaking of songs, that leads us to another set. Uh, the, the last question I have of the episode. Um, unfortunately, we have to come to a close at some point of talking about this if you could add any song from this episode from from this episode of television into your life's playlist what would it be only one song or am i allowed to pick multiple songs um i'm gonna say well because there's 10 
10 songs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we're going to, we can max out at three. I mean, I kind of just said that I still think of Guy Love anytime I see two dudes being friends. Right. And I do watch sports. And a big reason why I watch sports is because I love watching men hug each other. And pat each other's ass. <laughs> yes. It's very fun. It's sweet. They're teammates. <laughs> they're working towards a shared goal. It's sweet. I love it. <laughs> so i will say that guy love is kind of just always existing in my head (laughs) (laughs) i do occasionally hum everything comes down to poo okay during certain times of the day of course (laughs) bathroom time yes yeah and i mean after rewatching it now I really was hit so hard by that finale song emotionally. Mm -hmm. I teared up a lot more than I expected to. And I think it really does capture the emotion of having to face something in your life that casts everything in uncertainty. And it's a very simple song, but like the emotion is so pure. Are you including Friends Forever as well? Or are you just saying what's going to happen portion of it? I'm just going to say the what's going to happen portion. That's fair. Although, That's, yeah, I, I, do, I agree with I do you. Love, I do love Friends Forever, but you know, I don't know what those things are, most of them. <laughs> um, you know what? I only wrote down one song, but I'm going to have to agree with you on all three of them. Ah. Like, Guy Love, especially when, you know, just see two bros hugging it, hugging it out. Yeah, it's it's healthy. People need to touch each other in platonic ways. Yes. For your mental health, it's it's good to hug and to hold hands with somebody who you do not have any sexual feelings for. Um, you <laughs> <laughs> just just you don't have to say the no homo part. Like Right. Ignore that. Ignore we can, that. We can accept that you just love each other. It's fine. And, you know, if you want to make Michael Jackson noises, you're more than welcome to. Um, (laughs) Everything Comes Down to Poo is, like, the least problematic song in the entire episode. Yeah, which is funny, because that's probably the one they were most worried about getting censored. Yes. (laughs) And then um, the What's Going to Happen finale. Not Friends Forever. I'm a a little greased out. But, like, the What's (laughs) Going to Happen finale is so beautiful. The harmonies are like, they just hit just right. I don't know enough about music to like talk about it in like great detail. You know what? That's fine. I brought you on this episode because, well, you requested it, but I knew when we were going to talk about it, um, you're, you're a, can I call you a, a scrub stan or are you just a fan? I'm still, I'm still learning the lingo. <laughs> um, I'm just a fan, but you could, you could call 19 year old Shady a scrub stan. Yes. So you were very knowledgeable, at least about the history of Scrubs, and you appreciate music, and you clearly like podcasting with me, so. (laughs) No, I hate that part. Damn it. (laughs) Aha. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I do love musicals. I wish I had, like, a better education as far as, like, music theory, etc., so that I could talk about them more intelligently. We will, we will get you enrolled in classes soon. Thank you. Um, Shady, do you have anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, movie Deja Vu. 
yes yes (laughs) listen to our podcast it's it gets messy (laughs) (laughs) we've we've we we go through the gamut we we've done musical episodes too we have we've had people on those episodes who know a lot more than me (laughs) (laughs) which i may cover them on here in a different vet it'll be in a different arena but like We've done, we did uh, Sound of Music and King and I, for example, and that mm. one doesn't stand the test of time, but like, that was an interesting <laughs> conversation. We did Eurovision and Pitch Perfect. Yes. Yeah. That one featured Donald Faison. That one had our, our bestie Donald Faison on. Yeah. It's, it's like between him and Dakota Johnson right now, I think. <laughs> our, our most discussed actors. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else you want to... Yeah, sure. If you want to check me out on Twitter and watch me spiral into a nervous breakdown on the daily, <laughs> um, I do it live at Cookie O'Shady. They're very entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's very stream of consciousness. I'll just say that. <laughs> and then I don't... I'm not working on anything at the moment so i don't have any other except for movie deja vu i don't have any projects to promote that's cool yeah um well so if you the listener want to get in touch with me and maybe suggest something you can email at buttasongpod at gmail.com on facebook instagram and twitter i did it differently than on movie deja vu oh we're uh you can find me at but a song pod um you can write in with your thoughts maybe um if you felt like we were way off about something in this episode uh you can tell us and next episode we're talking about cats the 2019 musical movie (laughs) it's gonna be great i have i have i have a guest lined up that is gonna be perfect for that Shady knows this guest, so... Would you say this guest is perfect? Uh, Yes, it's Eartha Kitt, everyone. Uh, I'm doing a seance with her. Coming back. No, yes. Yes, this guest is perfect. I can't wait to listen to that one. (laughs) Neither can I. (laughs) So stay tuned. Uh... Life's but a song. Bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. I didn't know if I should say bye or not. That's fine. Okay.